I think that every single board member everywhere in the world wants to join a board, an operation board. They want to get their hands dirty. They want to help the organization grow. They, they, have, they have aspirations, mm. getting in there and, you know, air quotes, making a difference. Welcome back to the Mission Driven Podcast, everyone. My name is Rich Brubaker, and together with my co-conspirator, Tom Stater, the Mission Driven Podcast, our goal is to engage, inspire, and equip other mission-driven entrepreneurs along their path, be it entrepreneurs who are just starting up, aspiring entrepreneurs, those who are in growth mode, or those who are stuck in the mud on their way. Either way, and everything in between, we have been there, and through this podcast, it's our mission to really just share insights and experience to help you further your mission a little bit along the way through each episode, through the seasons we're developing, through the conversation that we're having. This week, we're going to be talking about a really hot topic, or I guess something that we talk about regularly here, and that is when it comes to the board, keeping board members engaged, excited, and productive, and preventing energy fall off. And in the worst case scenario, figuring out how to reactivate, reorganize a board over time so that the members that you have are aligned with the needs that you have in the organization, needs that are ever-changing. And as a starting point, it's important to highlight that while every organization may have specific needs, there's generally three types of boards that Tom and I talk about or agree upon on a regular basis. And I guess the first one is Tom's board, the governance board. It's something that he's put in over at the library project, and they basically help him set strategy, traverse crisis, and make sure he pays himself when he's perfectly content sleeping on the floor of trains and eating instant noodles. The second board is the operational board. This is what I have at hands-on. Um, and this is where I have seven board members that are really tasked to help support the, the management team, our in-office team, um, in a way that's kind of almost an extension. I want them working together, coming up with new projects, coming up with new ideas. Um, it's a new board for us. It's one that we just reorganized into. And I'll speak a little bit about that process later because traditionally we just kind of had like a, a muted board. It was, looked good, but it wasn't really functional. Uh, and finally, I think there's the fundraising board. Uh, this is a board that most of you are probably here for, most of you are probably aware of. But to be honest, it's not something that I think Tom and I have ever prioritized. And I don't think we're really excellent at it. Um, but if that's what you're here for, please don't leave uh, because I promise the principles, frameworks, and tactics that we speak about today um, will be applicable to how you build and manage that fundraising board. Now, before we get into this conversation, we would really appreciate it if you would take the minute here to subscribe, click like, share this with friends, um, and, and send us some questions or comments down below. Only if you find the value after listening to this or watching this on YouTube. Um, doing so really helps us beat the algorithm of prioritizing cats over saving the world. And I think we all agree that we need more people working on this. And if nothing else, we hope that this podcast will help you know, inspire others to take that up. So with that, thank you very much for any, for any support you can give. We definitely appreciate it. Tom, as a starting point, in general, principle-wise, what's the value that you think a board brings you and what makes for an effective board member? When I started the library project, it started as a fundraising board. That is, that is what it started with. And I think that it, it's, it was a fundraising board for about six months. It takes a lot of energy to do that. And I think that it naturally changed into a governance board. And I think that's because... Our board members were based internationally. They weren't based in country. So they were based all over the world. It naturally turned into a governance board because that's the capacity that they could provide. And it has stayed a governance board for the past 15 and a half years, 16 years. And to be honest, I don't want it to be anything. Now, if, if they raise funds, that's fantastic. Sure, and sure. and it, we have a very simple give or get of one library annually. 
But mm. if someone does not hit that give or get, uh, they are also providing huge support with regards to governance sure, sure. Uh, at the organization. I mean, for me, when we started this, actually, I'll go back to the first hands-on board. And I built boards for both hands-on as well as collective. Hands-on board was actually really interesting because, you know, hands-on is a platform for community volunteering. So we have stakeholders at our universities because of the students, individuals because of our volunteers, corporate because of where we not only fundraise, but also corporate um, fundraising. But then um, also government as well. And so when we built our first official board, we had a group of, I believe it was 13 or 15 in total. And we had academics, government officials, our individual volunteers have been with us for a while, members of our staff, and a couple other communities as well, just to kind of cross represent all of our stakeholders with the idea that the value they would pr provide would be kind of that, that cross section, they would help us really develop strategy, they would help us, you know, think about ideas, but then each time we had an idea, they would bring their view of that idea to the table. And then therefore, we could all grow together. And at the time, what made for an effective board member for us was just one, they were passionate uh, about volunteering or saw a, a, a need for volunteering within their own space. But then they were also able to really provide insights and guidance. Um, but what was interesting was over time, it kind of fell off because it, it there was really no passion. It was like everyone was kind of an individual consultant um, to the organization without really much integration. And we didn't really have it structured or or maintain the, the meetings on an effective basis that allowed for that to continue. Which kind of brings up my second question, which is a lot of times organizations face um, or they're, they're, they struggle with some of their members. They, they come in all fired up, their, their, their energy kind of fades over time. I mean, is this something you've ever dealt with? And like, what are the signs that you've seen or what are the, the things that you did to prevent it and address it before, you know, it became like a, a need to separate? I think that every single board member everywhere in the world wants to join a board, an operation board. They want to get their hands dirty. They want to help the organization grow. They, they, have, they have aspirations making a difference, mm. getting in there and, you know, air quotes, making a difference. And, and I think the reality is the vast majority of boards on the planet are not operation boards. I think yours is different. It's been, it, it was created, developed, and is being supported as an operations board. And that is why it's going to succeed. But I think that the vast majority of nonprofit boards fall within a fundraising capacity board or a governance capacity board or a mixture of the two. And I think that both of those, you can get kind of weary as a board member. You get kind of burned out. Right. I've never had to have that conversation of, mm. I think it's time for you to step down from the board. One of two things either happen. A, the person just kind of disappears, mm. you know, just kind of like, just goes off into the goes off into the sunset. replying to email whatever yeah just kind of like goes off or the person just says you know i've i sat on your board for two years three years i've really enjoyed it i think it's time for me to to do something else yeah and that's fine you know what i mean and and how we've structured we have two main boards we have we actually have three but we have two main boards that i run one is an executive board, which is the governance board. And then we have an advisory board that has literally no, no 
bylaws, nothing yeah. for it. It's yeah. just a board of advisors. And it's kind of like a holding tank for people who want to exit the executive board, but want to still be involved. And, and so, yeah. you know, we, if, if we have a question about something specific, we might have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with that person on an advisory standpoint but that's kind of our way of it's like a soft landing for people on our board that our executive board that wants to exit but kind of you know you yeah. know wants to stay involved i mean i see that as well and i think it's you know you kind of see you're like hey what's going on haven't heard from you in a while like are there other signs that you that you've learned to recognize in advance or are there ways that you've learned to hack around that so that you kind of minimize the ability for them to to fall off like that because I feel like these are all really good people. First off, they all really want to help as a starting yeah. point, but you know, they, they fall off, they get busy. You stop, you stop, you know, having so many meetings, whatever, like, so there, there's kind of a give and take here, but have you learned to look back and be like, Oh, if we'd done this, we could have maintained this a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But I'll be honest with you. I don't, um, it's just attrition. Mm. I mean, this, this just happens. It's not something that we, uh, can really fight all that much. We might yeah. be able to squeeze an extra six months or a year out, but I think just accepting that, you know, you're going to get yeah. two, three, four solid years mm. of support right, from right. someone and that it is okay mm. that they move on. It's not a negative about the organization. Mm. This is, this is just what happens yeah. on boards, both corporate boards, nonprofit boards, all boards. Sure. Um, and I've got a board member who I brought on, God, I mean, probably three months ago, we activated her and she was super excited and she's already fallen yeah. off. And it's, it's really interesting to think like, man, how, you know, th this is normal and it's okay. But at the same time, it's like, what did we, do, like, what were we missing up front? How did we either mislead her or misread her? And I, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that, but she's exactly what we needed for a specific thing. We were very clear with her up front. And she's kind of fallen off. Um, and it's, it's just kind of like this weird scenario. It's like, okay, how can I bring her back in? Yeah. I mean, I, one, one idea that I've been, I've been trying to work on and I've been reasonably, mm -hmm. I've, I nailed it 50% this, this, this year is write a monthly email to, to the executive board. Mm -hmm. And, and I used to do these things. They were like, they were novels, yeah. they were tomes just going through on everything. And you know, yeah, it's just like three paragraphs. This yeah. is what we're doing. These are the challenges we're having. This is how we're overcoming them. Yeah. This is the, this is how we're dealing with this. How we're dealing with that. Thank you for support updating. Yeah. You know, I think that that's going to help. Right. I think that's right. going to help. And I also think that, you know, not going into great detail, it's, it's, it's a governance board. Yeah. So focusing on what a governance board is interested in, right. complying with local laws and being able to implement our programs. Mm. That is what they're interested in. That's and that's also really interesting because I, I think about almost like the death of meetings in a sense. Like a lot of times we just kind of wait for the meeting. We have formal notes, a formal presentation, but you know, like an email like yours, and actually because of our first conversation, I've started amping up, particularly right now, to monthly meetings, but limiting it to hopefully a half an hour, maximum yep. an hour. The presentation is sent in advance and is 10 minutes. And then I have our team members come in. So that way the board, because it's more operationally focused, it's not the, the the founder speaking anymore. It's just like they're getting what they need from the team. We're talking about specific issues that I find is really activating because they can feel like advisors solving a problem. They can feel like their contribution is being valued. 
and they can see it through. Like if we do that well, they can see it through, then they're going to get something out of it. It's like, look, I, that's, that's what I'm here for. And for me, that was like a, a big kind of revelation is one is, you know, talk to them more frequently, but not so formally. And also, or at least not everything is so formal, like take meeting notes and sign off and that's fine. But we used to do like a proper debriefing. Um, and that's, I think that really, we were always waiting for that. And that just kind of, you know, like, okay, I'm just going to wait for the next meeting. And they're going to tell me what I need to approve or what we don't need to approve or blah, blah, blah. And, you know, everything in advance. And so what am I here for? And that was actually when we started to reorganize our board is when we heard that from pretty much everyone. What am I here for? Yeah. And then no one's responding to anything. No. And I, I really like your idea. I think that on an, for an operations board, I think it is essential to bring the team in on. Yeah. I mean, that just makes complete sense. Yeah. I think if you have a fundraising board, I think it would be a really smart idea to bring in the fundraising director. Right. Our initial board was a fundraising board. It turned into a governance board because we started building fundraising capacity inside the organization mm. and the sure. board didn't have to do that. Right. And that was important for me at the organization to have an organization that could stand on its two feet. That, that is important to me. Yeah. And so that was something that I wanted to bring into it. Now, at the same time, I cut the legs out from under our fundraising board, they weren't needed as much right. as fundraisers. Right. And so they naturally found the next best thing, which was a governance capacity. Hmm. You know, I'm even thinking back to like junior achievement who I know you, you probably know them pretty well as well. You know, they had this massive fundraising board of CEOs that just huge donations of programs, funding, and they even had free office spaces. I remember in Beijing and Shanghai for sure. Like you know, but by their board members. And it was an expectation of the board. Um, have you ever thought about building that now that you have these other boards in place? Like, do you add that? And if, if not, why not? Because you have to do all this other work to find money. It's just not what I'm interested in building out of my board. Mm -hmm. I, and I think that a board with regards to a founder, yeah. boards need to a complement their founder, mm -hmm. especially at the beginning. Yeah. And also support where, what the founder is not very good at. And what I am not very good at is organization and compliance. Mm. All right. So <laughs> I, I can get pretty willy nilly pretty quick. Yeah. All right. Like I can be like, Hey, let's just go do this. Like, I think it's fun. Yeah. And I need the board to be like, um, that's not on mission that's or, uh, you know, I, yeah. maybe we should think about this, or right. I really like the idea of you doing online, edu um, online education, but yeah. we're a book charity. Yeah. Can you report back after six months and tell us how this is going? You know, and I think that that is important mm -hmm. and, and it's, that may sound, you know, kind of loose, but that's what I needed. No, it's interesting because- and. You know, if I think of like yeah. going back to like the hands-on original board, I brought in all those people, not because, I mean, in a way I wasn't looking for their opinion for myself. I was looking for a way to over time build capacity at the organization through this consensus kind of approach that would allow the organization to grow in the right, re right respects. And I was bringing in people who I thought were knowledgeable, reputable, had the organization at heart, or at least had their interests, you know, as their own. And would provide that role where, okay, I can come up with ideas, but they have ideas too. And together we can work, work it out and move the organization forward. 
my my intention was never to be with the organization this long, but to eventually back out. And then whatever essence I brought would hopefully have been spread through that board and spread through the team in a way that it could go forward, right? But then when I reorged it, like right now, the reorganization is actually being surrounded by people that I really love working with and have worked with in the past. So I had a personal relationship to all three of the new board members. The one that I'm struggling with was actually, it's, she's more of a friend of the family, but not, she wasn't very knowledgeable about volunteering itself, but she was like, hey, that's a, that sounds like a great organization. Let me help you. The other two are actually former employees and are long-term volunteer mm. um, leaders who they kind of were early, actually, I don't, I don't know, like one, one volunteer was with us from like the earliest years, like maybe the, the second year of the organization. She's been with us the whole time. So it's not just that her commitment is proven and it's not just that she knows us well. It's also, we just really enjoy being around each other. And it's kind of like that, that founding team feeling again. It's like, yeah, let's, let's yeah. get this done. And I found that that's what the organization needed now because then the, the third thing that the reorganization brought was by bringing those two people in, the, the management team, the staff were more likely to be open about the issues that were being faced because they trust the people in the room. The previous board was made up of people that, honestly, I don't think the board liked engaging with the management team. And I'm pretty sure the management team didn't like a few of those people that we had to let go of. Um, and for me, it was like, let's, bring, let's create like this rah-rah atmosphere in the boardroom that matches to the, the, the ethos of the organization. And then yes, over time, my hope is to still, you know, pull out, but it's, it's a very different approach. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's really interesting how you want to keep, you want to bring your board into your organization, into the operations. I find that to be fascinating hmm. because one of my first board members, this was 15 years ago, he was sat on multiple boards all around yeah. the world he was oh, you get the popular ones well well he was a real catch for us a real fine mm. and someone that that i was really excited because he had board experience like right right real board experience and i remember me sitting down with him having a conversation of like man i just can't get people to do anything like you know yeah. i want them to get involved and raise money and get and, and i want them to participate yeah. i want them to yeah dig in and he was like i remember this guy was like 70 years old yeah. he just kind of looked at me and he was like do you do you really <laughs> like and he, i remember Fair he question. said you know you you want to keep your board at arm's length that's what you want your board to be at about uh, yeah, arm's yeah. length you want to be able to pull them in when you need them when you need them sure but you also need them yeah. to stay away when you just need to get, get, get shit done. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't need to get a board approval for everything. So he was like, you need to build a governance board. Yeah. That's what you need. Yeah. And me, what we, what I need. And so, you know, I, I, I love that you're, that, 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 that you're bringing your board into your team. I think it's beautiful. Well, I wonder if there's a way to marry governance and operations. I think that would be a, an interesting. I, so actually, it's interesting that you were saying that about your board, because there were moments, I think as a founder, you don't yeah. want all that opinion. I don't necessarily need a bunch of advice that can't be Good. executed. What I need Good. is to like, 
between myself, the team, and the board to come up with a range of ideas and options. And honestly, a lot of them will either be things that either myself and the team have come up with, we've thought about before, it's not a new thing, it's a spectrum and it's, it's a logical spectrum. And we want people to say, I like that one, I'm going to take it forward. Or I like that one, I'm gonna help the team take it forward. Or I like that one, I have an idea mm. of how to take it forward. Like they can operationalize things versus what, have you thought about this? I mean, if that's a natural extension of the conversation, it's kind of like within the spectrum that we just haven't thought about, sure. But that's why like having people with experience coming back to the board really I think adds the most value for us because also we're not trying to really pivot big. We're not trying to do big different things. We're trying to iterate, we're trying to grow, we're trying to scale, we're trying to find efficiency. So I need a much more like, hey, this is where to look right now versus I have a bunch of ideas. Now that hasn't always been true, right? Like I think, again, we've, we've gone back and forth a few times. And I, I do think that there's room for that outsider. Like I brought in this, this lady who seasoned executive, like passionate about helping society. I was like, I love your fresh ideas, right? But I want one of those voices and I want it to be a reasonable voice. I want someone who's, who's got experience more broadly but is also interested in how the process works and will take ownership over the outcomes. And I think that's also important is a lot of advisory boards won't necessarily take responsibility or hold themselves accountable for the outcomes. They're not going to get into the weeds with the team. And I think that that's, no, it's the, that's they're what not I want. Because they're an advisory board. Yeah. It's advisory. You know what I mean? Like no, I, it's, maybe, it's like you know when you need ad advice. So, <laughs> This is where my collective board was a little bit more interesting. My collective board, okay. I had people in mainland China, Hong Kong and Singapore, who were the seasoned executives I wanted to look like they belonged on my board. I want to create a yep. representative board that looked first, but they were also super capable of doing two things for me. One was to give me that advice. This is how collective should be built out. These are the people you should be talking to. This is how you should position. And they were also willing to introduce me through their networks of people and introduce collective responsibility as a platform that their friends, that their company, and they were, they were willing to bring me, they weren't closing business, but they would introduce it to me. And that's what I really need at the time. Now I've since completely shut that thing down. Um, it worked for the first year, year and a half, but I've switched it to more like, I still talk to a few of them once a year, I'll check in. We'll have a conversation about, what I'm trying to do. Like it's much more a one-to-one, -one, like a mentor process. And I think if it's not serving a specific purpose, why have it? And I think that that's a really- And collective is uh, just so we can back up, yeah. um, you know, Hands-On Shanghai, that is a nonprofit. Right. You have a, that's the operation board. Right. And then collective is a corporate, um, a corporation, right? Collective is a for-profit limited liability company, sustainability agency. Okay. And so the board, the board represented PR brands who run sustainability campaigns, brands who need them, and then some academics that I was engaged with. It was a very, it was very similar to hands-on in a way, but again, much more focused on the prominence of the individual because I knew all the leaders in the space in Asia. I picked people that were very specific. They also, I didn't want them on too many other boards, um, but then also they were individuals I worked with, networked with, said they'd help me, 
really showed interest in the organization and the potential of the platform I was trying to build and were helping me traverse that. Can I ask a question? Yeah. And this is a dumb question. Now I'm, I, I come from the nonprofit space, mm. pretty, pretty focused on that. Yeah. Um, so I've only, op, um, I've only managed and worked with nonprofit boards yeah. where board members don't get paid. Yeah. And there is, they're looking to further the mission yeah. for the organization. Yeah. Um, explain to me what, how it might be different for a for-profit LLC. Well, uh, look for collective there. It's not going to be much different. At least I'm not going to, I'm not going to offer much difference to be honest. Uh, but if you were like a traditional say startup and you're asking board members, sure. You, you might compensate them. You, you might have non-executive directors that are compensated. You might have some that are compensated through stock or through, through a, a cash payment. Um, it, it's so widely ranges, but the way that I approach it was very okay. simple. Like I kind of leveraged the whole mission first versus mm. the organization. And that probably Good. allowed me to get away with things a little bit more. So if I was a social entrepreneur, and I was set up as a B Corp or I was set up as an LLC, my advice would be if you, if you want to get away from compensation as a starting point, um, use your mission first and be like, look, I'm trying to solve this problem. Would you help me? And I would say by and large, just like with any nonprofit or charity, if you're talking to the right people, um, they, will, they will help you without the request for compensation. But if you're taking off and you're looking for angel money, seed money, all the way up, that's going to change for sure. People will start asking for, you know, some, some compensation and great, give it to them, right? Like for sure, because especially if they're adding a lot of value and they're helping you along your, your path and they're the reason why you're raising money, compensate them. Very now, interesting. Okay. I, um, I got a question for you. I, I want to, they say an ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of cure. <laughs> and for me, like, if I'm really honest, a lot of times that we start building boards and approaching board members, it's, you know, and the way that we introduce the organization, like that's where we, I won't say mess up, but that's where we can make, I think the best gains up front. So I don't know. I mean, are there specific things that you've found that you are changing now as you're onboarding new members? I mean, assuming that you're still rotating, like are there ways that you approach them, interview them or, you know, get them ready for the job so that they remain active? When, when you, when you ask a board member, Hey, would you like to join our board? Yeah their natural question is going to be, what does that mean? Mm. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like, like, how can I help you? You need to be able to answer that question yeah. and you can't answer that question at the beginning. You think, you know what you want them to do, yeah. but you just need to have an answer. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now I am very clear about what I want. Right. I go in saying you are focused on government. There is a minimal fundraising uh, component of give or get of one library. Yeah. But if you, which really is how much perform money throughout the how year, much money, how much this, commitment is that? Yeah, it's like $4,000, $5,000. Not, not, a, not an insignificant really, sum. It's not insignificant, but if you really bring it together and you, and you add quality support, we'll forgive this. Okay. Because it's a governance board first. Yeah. I think it really begins at, at, at that first ask mm. and, and being clear about why them. I, I'm kind of the same. I think I would just, I add a different flavor now, which is I want 
ex people who have experience with our platform over those who don't. And hopefully a longer yeah. term, like I'm trying to elevate some of my long-term volunteers who became team leaders, who are passionate about the future of this organization, because I'm really still hoping to find people who want to take it over and who want to take it in a different direction, who have new and fresh ideas, but they're rooted in practice and with commitment to the organization. Like they're invested into the outcome. I want people to have a little bit more skin in the game emotionally, like the, that emotional. So I think that for me is like the big one. Yeah, being crystal clear. I think I used to wing it. Uh, I used to like, hey, you look like you'd make a good board member. What do you think? And well, because we had to. Yeah, you had to. Like that was where we were. Yeah. Like, like, I didn't know anyone. Yeah. I was like, hey, do you, wow, you're like, you're, you're, you're a general manager of a big company. Do, are you, do yeah. you want to join our board? Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. So I guess look like a real person. All right. Like in extreme cases, obviously that backfires on us. Have you, have you ever had like a great story where it was like you approach someone and they could have been the right person, but it just like blew up in your face or, you know, you, you asked the wrong person and it blew up in your face. It's never happened. Great. I have never approached a person that I right. didn't properly vet. Yeah. And that I didn't properly get the no. Yeah. All right, dude. Simple question. What are the top three tips that you've got for attracting and maintain the energy of your board members? Okay. The first thing is being aware that all of your board members are going to have energy decline. And that is okay. The next thing I would say is being crystal clear, which kind of board do you want? Right. Do you want a governance board? Do you want an operation board? Do you want a fundraising board? Do you want a combination of them? Do you want all three? Um, what kind of board do you want? Build that board. I'm going to then step back and answer a little bit different where the first board that you, that you start, I wouldn't really think that much about it. I talk to a lot of people that are building boards and they take a year to build a board. And I'm like, get people yeah. on your board. Yeah. Give a one-year term that you can then you know, have a conversation with them after one year, but just build that board. Yeah. Get the, get those quarterly meetings in build process. Yeah. That's important. Process. That's more important than the board member at the beginning. Yeah. Your board is a living entity. It will change. Yeah. So I think step number one is be really clear and understand in advance that your organization is going to not just require different board members over time, but even the ones that you have right now, they're going to bring different value at different times, bring different energy at different times. So what you need to do is to find ways to maintain the energy while you have it and task them on things that are going to be exciting to them. To do that, you need to do step two, which is be very clear, again, what you said, be clear about the function of the board, but also of the individuals that you need why you need them and potentially how long you'll need them for. For me, I'm now drawing them off of the organization directly I'm different from different pools because that's what the organization really needs. We need to rebuild the spirit of the organization, less so the formalization of the organization. And then I think the third one is communicating on an appropriate basis that used to be in-person meetings, monthly minutes, newsletters, very kind of heavy type stuff. Now we're on social media. Now we're on WhatsApp and messaging. So more one-to-one, -one, more task oriented, but also making sure that the tasks themselves can be completed and that 
you can predictably say that there will be value felt by the board member. Like you, even if it's just donating a library, if it's facilitating a library, if it's designing the walls of a library, it doesn't matter. Just make sure the tasks that they're on, they feel value for and show, and you show them appreciation for the completion of that work. And then enjoy that time while you have it. Because the reality is like, yeah, you're right. When I built my board, I really thought they'd be around forever. We had board members for 10, 12 years and they were tired. We were tired. We were, no value was being generated. It just made it worse. And you took really great people and you wore them out. And I think you got to prevent that. And the way that you communicate with them is just being really honest about what you need and valuing the outputs along the way. So thank you very much for another episode. Um, it's been great. For those of you that have been watching this, I, you know, we're not as fun as watching cats following the laser on the wall. But if you found value in this, please share it with people who, you know, are struggling with building their board, creating energy on their board, or going through a restructure. So thank you again, Tom. Great week. Have a good trip to Bangkok, which is coming up for you uh, tomorrow, right? So have a good one, man. Yep.